Well, the dust has settled on what was a crazy week last week for Arbins, and things can, well, hopefully now get back to a little bit of normality. Welcome to the Baggies broadcast. My name's Johnny Drury, and as ever, I'm joined by Baggies correspondent Lewis Cox. Lewis, how are you doing? Have you recovered from last week? Because I haven't. I'm Morning, Johnny. I'm absolutely knackered. Nah, yeah. I'm, do you know what? I'm, I'm still struggling a little bit, actually. It was nice to have a weekend off because of the game Friday night, but yeah, we did a lot of work the last couple of days of that week, didn't we? And um, yeah, it can't, maybe it takes a couple of days to hit you. But um, too much work, not enough, not enough sleep. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Still recovering a little bit, but here we are. It's Tuesday, so get closer to a trip to the uh, what used to be called the Rico, anyway. What's I don't it called? Know what it's called that. I can't remember what, what it's called. Coventry City Stadium. No, it's C Summer S Stadium. Yeah, um, went last year. We'll come on to that anyway. We've got a we've got a Coventry section. But tired. Tired is how tired. I should have. Thank you. Yeah, tired. Alongside Lewis today, we've got a, spe- a very special guest with us. A man who was on work experience at the ENS Towers, but don't let that fool you. He's very much known to Albion fans, and he's the face of the Baggies Pod. His name is Louis Bent. Louis, how's things? You okay, my friend? Yeah, I'm very well. Yeah, very pleased to be. I mean, it's a bit of a shock coming in first day of work experience and drafted straight into, into the Baggies broadcast. But no, it's great to be here and yeah, looking forward to chatting through things with you guys. Straight in at the deep end. Well, Louis produced some really good West Brom content, so we'll be getting his view on um, on all things Albion today. We've got an awful lot to talk about. We'll mop up on the transfer window stuff, that the dreaded transfer window chat. We'll talk about Burnley, a bit of an alternative look at Burnley. We talked about that in our late night, early morning podcast last week. Um, we'll talk about having a free week this week. We've, we haven't got a game in midweek. It feels absolutely unbelievable not to have a, not to be travelling to the arse end of the country on a Tuesday night just for one week only. It'll be back next week. Um, and it's just unheard of these days, really. No midweek a couple game. of short trips, though, haven't we, mercifully? A couple of shorter ones, a couple of short ones, yeah. We'll talk free agents. That's the, uh, the, the topic of conversation on everyone's mind at the moment. We'll answer your questions and I'll tackle TJ Smithy's latest quiz. I've had an absolute stinker on this quiz. Just to uh, just to let you know. You're um, below your early high bar then. Yeah, they were hard questions, oh mate. They were hard questions. Really? Uh, yeah, they were hard. But we'll we'll start with uh, a bit of a reflection at Burnley. We chatted about Burnley last week. We talked about all the obvious points of view. Um, but I'm gonna talk about some alternative observations, sort of took away from the game. Now, second half, Kyle Bartley was sent off. We'll talk about Kyle Bartley's reaction. Not sent off, taken off. We'll talk about Kyle Bartley's reaction to being taken off because that's been mentioned to me a lot of the times, even though I didn't see it in person. But before that, OK, Yakushli went back to centre-half. Now, when Albion signed him, he played there for, um, I think it was Salt of Ego he played there. And he actually got into the La Liga team of the week a couple of times. He was put there against Burnley. I thought he was absolutely Rolls-Royce at centre-half. I thought he looked really good. I don't know what you guys thought. Yeah, I mean... Obviously, it's a role we know he, he can do um, if required. <laughs> I thought he did well in it, to be honest. I thought he did pretty well. But having said that, it was an open game, wasn't it? You know, that Burnley could quite easily have scored a second, a third. Don't get me wrong, Albion were pushing and, and the better side, as we all know, and deserve their point. But yeah, I, I suppose it comes down to look look at the squad, look at the team, look at you know, options, look at how deadline day went regards midfielders. Are you asking me, would you want me to, to put him at centre-half every week? Absolutely not, because because um, he's quality in midfield, albeit has had a couple of quiet games, but, you know, you want him there because of his, because of what he brings, but because of numbers being thin on the ground, you know, they're not blessed, are they? You know, maybe if uh, a couple of certain Premier League loanies are in through the door, it might be more of an option, but 
I don't really see it as one, and you know, unless circumstances and games, as as we say, like you know, a Bartley comes off, then you want a more attack-minded midfield on there. You know, it could work, and it did work. Like you say, he did fine. Um, brings a lot to it in terms of progressing ball playing centre half. I think it could be positive, but you know, do, do I think he's going to turn into Albion's you know first choice centre half? No, but um, it's a good string to the bow, isn't it? We think, um, well, we know Livermore is an option at it. You know, he, he played, I think I'm right in saying, and at times in a back three. Played um, once last year. Yeah, yeah, last year. I certainly know on one occasion. Um, so it's good that there's another, you know, we, we know Livermore isn't always in the team, isn't always a regular starter this season. That's been addressed. Um, so the fact that Ocai can do it is, is a massive help, really, particularly given how the window went. Obviously, we know Martin Kelly's in and we'll get up to speed at some point. But thankfully, it's another option, isn't it? But I wouldn't want to be messing with the midfield too much albeit you know when Alvin are chasing games maybe it's good to have Swift in there so you can bring another forward on that kind of thing but yeah we'll see be interesting to see if he gets turned to again really in games to come yeah Brandon Thomas Asante come on and we'll obviously talk about him and talk about everything that's happened since but he came on it looked like he was sort of playing alongside Grant up top now I've said this to you in the past Lewis that I think Grant Grant has never he's never really been taken to by Alvin fans even though he scored goals yeah, some of his performances aren't great, but he's never played in a front two. And the question now is, would this... Obviously, it would knock Steve Bruce's formation out of kilter, but with Asante, is it a, is there a possibility? I thought they looked quite lively together when Asante yeah. won, and obviously when they scored it. Does this present a, another plausible option up front for Steve Bruce that Alvin can actually play with a two rather than just a lone striker? You'd have to say so, wouldn't you? Um You'd have to say it's a it's a blessed option now, you know. Um, thank God that's sort of presented itself. Um, it's always helpful, I think, to be able to switch systems mid-game. You know, do I think do do I see Bruce going into the, the next couple away from his four-two-three-one? No, because he's been so strong on wanting to go to that and change to that, and that being his system for this season. Look at Swift and Wallace coming in for that system, you know. Um, but, yeah, I, I can see games, you know, Burnley was the ideal one, wasn't it, where they, they came on, they needed a goal, and it worked. And, like you say, they were quite a good foil for one another, I, I felt. Thomas yeah. Asante, it's good size, wasn't he? Put himself about, it looked, well, he's quick, really quick. Um, and Grant, I think we spoke, haven't we, and, and you've, you've spoken to me, having watched Grant a bit longer than myself. He's he's strong from the left, isn't he? That That's... You know, I've, I've seen him do that role at, at his previous clubs. He looks quite natural pulling out to the left. That might present itself in a in a four three three. You know, you you think of you know the four two three one. Having said that, Grady has been excellent on the left of that this season, hasn't he? So, you know, are you pushing Grady out of the side or moving his position to to put Grant in on the left? I'm I'm not sure about that, but. The prospect of going to two up front in games when required, you know, it doesn't have to be when you're chasing a game. It could be while you're ahead, when you're wanting to kill sides off, put them to the sword, you know, like the whole game. Get two up front, why not? They've proved in, what was it, half an hour, 20 minutes that they can work together. I think it's encouraging signs. And I suppose it will become more of a prominent question and point when DK returns as well, because then you're looking at three forward options. Yeah. We don't know how the free agent market's going to go. Expect 
Bruce will probably have a look at what free agent forwards are out there. Wouldn't be a surprise at all if a if a fourth came in to complement, you know, those three. Obviously, there's Sahor as well, but we don't really expect him to be in the picture, do we? Um, Forgotten man, I think. So, yeah, you know, perhaps certainly now, but particularly in a month's time, that front two question could be a real, a real interesting one. I think I, I don't expect it from the offing games to come, but it will be interesting to see how much the manager turns to it, you know, in games coming forward. Louis, I'm going to ask you this one. Matt Phillips came on at um, right back on Friday. He's done so a few times. Had a bit of stick this season. His performance wasn't great. He looked so. He looked a bit with a lack of confidence. Do you feel now that he's been good for Albion at times? But do you feel his Albion race is kind of run from your point of view, from a fan's point of view? Yeah, a, a little bit. I think. I think what frustrated me in the Burnley game was his reluctance to to cross first time. I mean, I think it was the. It actually ended up in a goal, mind you, so I, I can't really complain. But <laughs> excuse me, uh, he he came in and uh, the, the ball came over to him, and he he kind of hesitated to cross, and then turned back inside, and then crossed, and it it did end up in a goal eventually. But I feel like there were a couple of times in that game where if he had a bit of more confidence, a bit more sort of a bit about him, maybe the confidence that perhaps you know Brandon Thomas the same day has come in and showed. I think he's crossing that ball in first time. I mean, Phillips of 2016-17 or whatever it, it was in the Premier League. I know that's a long time ago, but he comes in and he propels that ball across the six-yard box and causes all sorts of mayhem. I think we're seeing a little bit of a, I think a little bit of a, with Matt Phillips, I'm not sure he knows where exactly he fits in in the team at the moment, perhaps. We've seen him a little bit of right back, which I think was a little bit strange, in my opinion, to, to stick in there because it's not really a position he's played before. And then now we're kind of seeing him as a bit part player and, Obviously, last season we saw him as stri- a bit of a striker under Ishmael. So it's a bit, I, I guess maybe he doesn't quite feel he knows where he fits in. And maybe that's to do with his confidence. But yeah, I suppose he can be a bit of a useful player. But I think confidence for him is, is always a massive issue. I think Tony Pulis said when he was in charge that, you know, Phillips is a, is, is a real confidence player. He needs the yeah. team to be playing well for him to play well. And he can't kind of be relied upon. And yeah, whilst the team are playing well at the moment, the results aren't really coming to perhaps... Uh, you know, a confidence issue with him. And I think that's that's been the case really since he joined Albion. But yeah, I think it's just been, you know, he hasn't had many good games over the past couple of years, has he? If we if we if we have to be completely honest and we're struggling to look back and and you know you have to go back a bit of a long way to find that best Matt Phillips performance, you know, for of, of recent years. You know, you're looking at probably maybe the Billich days when he was quite a yeah. side. But yeah, I think he's kind of lost his way a little bit. And I think, you know, he's struggling to see where he fits in. And I think you know, Albion fans and probably Steve Bruce is struggling to see where he fits in. But overall, he's, you know, a good pro. So I suppose he's always going to be of some use to the squad, especially for, I think, what seems like the couple of years remaining on his contract here. I agree with Louis there. And, and Johnny will know, being in the press box, supporters around us, that there were a couple of occasions, weren't there, where Albion needed a goal, you know, just chuck it in the box. You might hit the first man, but you might get a quality deliverer delivery away and and that was of course what led to the equaliser and there was frustration about him not letting go of the ball and maybe being a bit safe or looking for another option I do though I I absolutely understand how how he's viewed in in the fan base you know obviously Callum Robinson left didn't he and you know know, these guys that have been at the club for certainly a long time in Phillips's case and had good times not so good times different roles in the squad now is a more senior role and it's not quite happening for for him isn't 
is it as, as you rightly say there, Louis, you know, what position is it for him? But on the flip side, he is he is a versatile option, isn't he? And I, I mostly mention this because of the wafer thin size of the squad. You know, particularly with his experience, his versatility and ability to adapt is going to be required. The the injuries will come, they already have, they will come, suspensions will come. There aren't many senior options in this squad to to choose from, are there? You know, the the free agent market might help in that. We expect a couple, but Phillips is going to be required. We talk about this 4-2-3-1, he's going to be required across the three because he can probably do, you know, if absolutely required, any of the three roles, as you touched on, he can, you know, if the two strikers fall down, he, he can probably come into there. We spoke about right back. It's quite useful to have someone senior in the squad that can do that. Um, if if he does come on at right back, I agree. I thought that was odd. Um, but it it is an attack-minded right back, isn't it? And I think we'll see that in games where perhaps Albin are chasing. Um, I think it happened at Blackburn, didn't it? And one or two others. Well, I think he, at the end of that game. He yeah. Came on. He, he's forward thinking and his first instinct is to get forward and at least try to get over the halfway line, try to hit the byline and, you know, create. So I think it can have its merits. Um, you know, maybe Gardner Hickman as, as the sort of backup right back is another type of option in terms of when Albion are more comfortable or something like that. But I... I I, as I say, I totally understand Phillips's situation and, and the context of where we are with him, being at the club for a, a long old time, being an age, you know, being an experienced pro. Uh, but I, I do think because of the context and the situation we find the squad in, I, I do think he can be useful at, at points, and I do think he will be. Yeah, just on someone else who's he probably had a bad Friday, reacted badly, and has like we say, been at Albion for quite a while. Carl Bartley coming to the side. You've arguably got to say, probably between him and OK, Kushlu, it was their fault for the goal. Bartley was madly out of position and OK played him on. Or the guy on side, I can't remember who it was now. Teller, I think it was. Teller, yeah. Yeah. Um, came off. I didn't see this, but Albion fans have sort of told me about it. I've seen a bit of footage. So I was given a, a bib or a top by an Albion member of staff and sort of threw the top and... I'm something I'm sure Lewis that is something that Steve Bruce will not be have taken kindly to yeah no obviously um the the one when I I haven't seen a clip of that I don't know if a clip's doing the rounds but I saw I saw talk of it um and the, what struck me with Barley I mean I've interviewed him a couple of times over the years and from what I've heard from from colleagues you know, historically and more recently is that He's a good professional and, you know, he's by no means, I've, I've not heard by any means he's a bad egg or, or anything like that. The, the one thing that sprung to my mind really was that like the majority in that stadium and certainly Albion players and staff, he was miffed off and uh, and annoyed. I'm trying to use language that doesn't require a belief for the, that, you know, he, he came off at 1-0 down, didn't he? Yeah. Um, Albin shouldn't have been 1-0 down. It is, you know, copy and paste from many games this season. I think he'd have just been frustrated at the context of the situation, you know, the season. He's not been in the first choice, has he, this season? It's It's been a Jay and, and Dara, and obviously a, an unfortunate injury to Jay has got him in. 
he's not he's not going to be annoyed at missing 10 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever it was at the, at the end of the game he knows he's in the side for for the forthcoming he i i imagine he was mightily annoyed at how the evening was going probably how the season was going for the team and club you know we they played well in a lot of games this season but we're eight championship games in and we've only one win um which isn't just reward for for the effort and application and even quality you'd say and it's it's the reason why where are they 14th 15th um you know it's 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 obviously not where they want to be it's not good enough um it will improve because they're playing too well for it not to they'll they'll win games but you know obviously Burnley really tough opposition and it was going down that same route Friday night wasn't it until you know thankfully they got the equalizer they deserved I, I thought it was frustration the the whole situation really that that was my take yeah, I think I think in addition to going back to the Akusli point as well, you know, Bartley coming off obviously it's the manager's decision. It, it does kind of remind me a little bit of last season. You know, we saw players having you know little little tantrums, whatnot, and you know you don't want that bad feeling, especially as I think the feeling around the squad and definitely the fans towards the squad and the manager at the moment are quite positive because I think we know that, as Lewis said, the wins will come because we are playing well. But I think moving, you know, Bartley out of the side, you know, later on in that game, I think having Yukushlu there, it kind of obviously freed up a little bit of room for, for Thomas DeSante to come on and meant that he could, you know, go into those forward areas and, and you know, add a little bit of uh, little bit of firepower into the forward line in those last few minutes. And I think, you know, additionally, Yukushlu, I think in centre-back, I think he adds a bit more of, you know, a bit more progression. You know, Calmness. Play, yeah, 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 a bit, yeah. you know, player comfortable on the ball, more comfortable than Bartley, in my opinion. And I think... That helped us, I think, a little bit going forward. And yeah. it meant he could distribute it to the wide areas. You know, there were plenty of players waiting to receive the ball. And I think with Yukushlu in midfield towards the last stage of that game, I think, obviously, number one, you probably don't get Brandon Thomas Asante. You don't get him. You don't get Grant. You don't get Swift. You don't get Wallace, Dean Garner, all on the pitch at the same time. Mm-hmm. And also, I think you miss out on maybe, you know, it's not to say Yukushlu should start centre back. You know, we shouldn't, I, I wouldn't want to miss, mess with that midfield at the moment. I think we're looking quite good there. But I think, you know, as for playing the ball out the back, you know, distributing the ball wide, I think Yukuzli was good for that in the last stages, and it kind of gave us another new angle to build off. You know, when 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 building our attacks, and I think that 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 it ended up working quite well because you know the goal came down that that you know those wide channels. Swift was able because you know there's lots of players. <coughs> excuse me, uh, lots of players in the box. So Swift was able to drop out of the box and, and produce that cross. So I think. Yeah, I think you know it's obviously frustrating that Bartley's had a little bit of a tantrum, and I'm sure that Bruce will will have uh, will have told him straight about how that how, how that's not acceptable. But you know, in the end, I think it I think it worked for the better, and I think Yukuzlu in that in that back line really really did help towards the the late stage. Of it's, the game. It, it's it's not Bartley's game, is it? That you know, no. ball distribution and retention and progression. That's Yukuzlu, isn't it? And that's what he can bring to a back four. Bartley's game is to defend, to head, to challenge um strength the, the ball playing element of it is, is a bonus is what he can do a lot of center halves in this division are probably limited at that you know we're not talking about top level elite defenders are we so that's understandable and just on the, the little tantrum i think if if you had a fly on the wall of the albion dressing room the you can imagine the frustration can't you um in games at half time at full time this season so probably just a little insight of that frustration just slipping out of one of the senior players yeah it's not a good optic is it it's not what fans want to see and fans will you know 
rightly or wrongly pick up on it. And I suppose Bruce might just have a little quiet word there. You know, Bartley will know as an experienced lad, it's not the it's not the look you you want to give off, is it? Because it could portray the wrong thing. But yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't think or delve too too deep in it really. I think he's uh, well, he's going to be important, isn't he, for the next however long however long a Jay's out realistically. Um, yeah, we hope isn't too long. Yeah, just final one on the on the game. Albion fans have got a new hero. You know, it's 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 interesting that I think it shows how not great, but not bad. Not but how things have been over the last you know last season, and then this season. Obviously, results have, have not been great, but performances have been there. But Albion's two probably cult heroes in that side now are a midfielder who until about a month ago had never played in front of Albion fans in Yukushlu. And Thomas Asante, who's come from Salford City, and this we've had this dream story in the last week where he scored the, the equaliser in a one-all draw against Burnley. I'm not saying the bar's low at the moment at the Hawthorns, but it's just great to see, isn't it? It's what we needed after last, you know, after last week. We needed someone to come and just lift things. And and the fact that it was the kid who's come from Salford for 300 grand, who probably, without Daryl Deaker getting injured, would still be in League Two. Yeah, feel and good. Got the story, and and Wasn't it's just it? yeah. he's brought that feel-good factor. The, the, um, one, it? the equaliser and the point was absolutely so important, wasn't it? Given how you know that played well again, but it was going to be same old story. Played well, but but a defeat. I know there's been a lot of draws, but you know that one in the 98th minute felt a bit better than a draw, didn't it? But of all of the goal scorers in blue and white, the he was the best one. He was the best one to do it. He was the best story being on his debut, 20 minutes into his debut at the end. Probably hadn't had many touches. Looked really sharp to me physically, but probably hadn't been able to get on the ball as much as he'd have liked, but got himself in a six-yard six box where all poachers have to be and made the difference. Um, I'm sure it wasn't the beautiful, you know, the most pretty goal he's ever scored, but probably the most important goal he's ever scored. Um, who knows? Who knows? You know, we could all we all wish we could see into the future what that's going to lead to. Is it going to kickstart something great, brilliant, romantic? You know, we we all hope so. Obviously, saw a lot of good signs with him. I think I said on the last pod. Do I now expect him to go and start the next five championship games? Probably not. But that's not what he's been brought in to do, is it? You know, he's been brought very much with yes an eye on now, half an eye on now, but very much an eye to the future. That's how they've decided to go. And I can absolutely see why Albion fans are you know, excited by it, enthused by it, because there has been, a, hasn't there, you know, Albion fans will know better than me over the last few years, a bit of a, I don't know if you'd agree with this, Louis, but a bit of a typical signing, yes. a bit more you know, experience, closer to 30, maybe over 30, perhaps whose best days of have been and gone, you know, still good players, but not on the way up is, yeah. is what I'm trying to say. And this lad, you know, feels like he is. So I totally get it. And it, it was the perfect start, wasn't it? And you just hope the lad can build on it. We know already he's a colourful, vibrant character. And that's exciting. Someone who's buzzing to be around the place. Steve Bruce used the word a number of times last week, refreshing, because I imagine you don't always get Albion signings coming into the building, bouncing off the walls. Um, what do you so mean? Great. It's the great, greatest club of the world, Lewis. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm only I'm only repeating before. what the managers um you, you, you know sort of suggested but like no disrespect to Salford City um but I just thought you know, what 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 a transformation for him the crowds he would have been playing in front of he, the volume levels I mean when that goal went in it it must have deafened it it was, it was pretty magical, wasn't it? And, you know, the TV cameras, the celebrations, it was great. It was it was a, a right little feel-good success story and hopefully more to come. Yeah, hopefully indeed. Um, transfer window time. We're just going to probably tie up a few loose odds and ends if we can. Is it not um, shut? <laughs> yeah, well, no, still talking about it. It's been shut for five days. Um, yeah, as we know, I'm not going to go over it, how Albin's transfer window played out, but we knew... Steve Bruce said on Friday that he said, like, sort of, we need to learn lessons. You know, driving home from the Hawthorns, I listened to his full interview with the radio. Um, and he said that there'd be an investigation um, yeah. by West Brom. Lewis, do we know anything like, is that something that we'll get the findings of? Or is it something you very much expect to be kept? Well, we'll be, we'll be asking that question at the next opportunity, really. Certainly, I'd imagine with the manager or whenever else we get an opportunity to. Um, I'm not entirely privy to this, but I, I believe, I think I'm right in saying we we should be doing a sit-down interview with the chief exec, Ron Gourlay, soonish. I'm not I'm not sure when. The last time he spoke with the, the local media was when my predecessor was in the role. So I think it was early-ish into the summer. I think I'm right in saying. So whether that happens in the in in the international break or, or whatever, yeah, you know, it will be obviously a pleasure to to do that, and it'll be interesting to. To hear, you know, from Gourlay's side, how that played out, how that went. I think that's what fans want to hear, isn't it? So, yeah, we're, it's obviously something we'll we'll keep tabs on and, and look to ask the questions. But it was a very interesting point. The manager said, wasn't it on that? You, you know, we'll look internally at how it went wrong. I don't, I'm not trying to put words into his mouth there, but that, you know, we'll have to do better. We'll have to improve, we'll, you know, investigation internally. You know, does that suggest failings at Albion's end regards those signings you could quite easily draw that yeah. conclusion couldn't you uh, it's hard it's hard post game obviously the manager comes and speaks with the emotion of what was going on and he was very open with his emotions about anger and so on wasn't wasn't he um but very very interesting quotes I think we said last time didn't we you can almost put together what happened from what was said and what wasn't said yeah just a just a nightmare really you know i know obviously certain things have been reported from other outlets regards um failings from albion's end that's accusations from the other clubs isn't it and agents i think just the frustration ultimately with the manager was so palpable in in that press conference I, I, you weren't in there were you johnny i don't think um but he, he was not impressed i mean I, I i asked bruce if you know things can still surprise him in football given how long he obviously played and managed in it. And he, he said he'd never had anything like that in, in his 25 years in management, which sort of opens your eyes to to what must have gone, you know, the things that must have gone wrong, the admin things that may have gone wrong, the frustration. You know, these two players could, could have been the difference to, to success or not. If I'm, what Steve Bruce been, is saying... Lewis, if if he was said, you know what he said, we need to learn lessons, which does, you know, I'm I'm pretty certain we can take from that that, you know, 
yeah. they were fault on Albion's side. If that's the case, does that affect future for transfer dealings? Will clubs look at this now and think, oh, I'm going to get this one over the line? Um, that's a fair question and a good point. I, I, I wouldn't have thought clubs won't trust or go to Albion to, to do a deal because of this. Perhaps it will leave some in the industry a little bit sceptical about Albion's workings, if that is the case. Um, I mean, obviously there'll be movement in the free agent market before January. But let's just hope, you know, January the 31st is the 31st in January. Yeah, let's just hope we're not in that situation on January the 31st going into the last half a day. Yeah. In a, a scrambling to get you know, signatures, etc., contracts over the line. I don't think so, Johnny. It's a fair point. Uh, I can see from fans' perspective, and again, Louis is probably a decent person to speak about this from, from a fan's point of view. I can see the, the concern and frustration because what you know, why why was this allowed to happen slash go wrong? You know why? And when I wrote my piece the next day, I, I mean, I absolutely agree with that. Why? Of course, circumstance and context is the reason why the transfers were left to the last minute, the last day, injuries, the ownership, everything. But it, it infuriates the hell out of me that transfers are left till the last day and the last hour and the last minute. Because, yes, situations like that, Albion, seldom, if never happen. But when you tying up these transfers in the last couple of hours, the last hour, any snag can go wrong. Uh it's it's unlikely to, but anything could, and you're running that risk, and the risk bit Albion, didn't it? Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, I don't know what you thought about it all, Louis. Yeah, well, I mean, I was away at the time. I was in Newcastle, and I was sat there, and I was, I was in a hotel, just scrolling through, waiting for <laughs> something to come through about it, and I was just thinking that, like, the Onimo one was was more the you know the one that got me. I mean, Alzate was 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 a late late move. I mean, for it, by, by the sounds of things, but I think Onimo was the one that was. You know, you sort of expected that to be wrapped up by sort of early evening kind of time, you know, considering what, what you know, how have reported the, the time of the medical and stuff was and and how they got that sign that that sorted out and stuff. But I think it was just really frustrating. I mean, I can understand, you know, same, you know, I agree with Lewis. I, I you know, I love, I'm a prepared person, you know, I like to be, you know, really planned ahead. I like to make sure I've got everything sorted. So I think, you know, as a football, as my football club, you know, I'd like to see them do, this, uh, you know, quite a similar thing with their transfers. But you know, on deadline day, you know, deals can come about like, you know, like the Alzate one. I think that maybe wouldn't have come about any time other than, you know, really later on. In the yeah, window. he might not have been let out. Had yeah, him. that's it. Yeah, probably you know, not signed Gilmore. Gilmore, you know, coming in. And I think, you know, Bruce is probably waiting for a couple of those to come about. I mean, maybe Onoma, I think you know, I could have maybe seen that being earlier on in the window. I think, you know, he's, he's yet to have made the bench for Fulham this season. So maybe, you know, and I thought that's a pretty telling sign for him that he's not really going to get much game time. But... Yeah, just really frustrating. I, I mean, you, you know, you just want to know how or why why things have gone the way they are, and you know, say we can hopefully hear from yourselves about what you know, uh, you know, what Bruce says in his you know next press conference and and you know how he kind of conducts this investigation. But you know, as Lewis said, the fact that it's you know he says we'll have a look at ourselves and you know internally, it it kind of says that maybe there was a fault on Albion's side rather than anything else, and perhaps that you can draw from that 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 they'd have a look and see where things went wrong but you know as for the business you know doing business with Albion in the future I don't think this will massively affect it I'm no. I'm not sure maybe Onomar or Alzate will perhaps end up as Albion players on maybe <laughs> the you know the trust is the trust bond especially with Onomar you know the, the reports you know saying that he was waiting for, for that move to go through and it obviously never did but 
you know, you're kind of waiting for, uh, you know, I, I don't think you'll be waiting for either of those to sign. But, you know, then again, maybe they'll, they'll be looking for some game time and Albion might be the only ones to provide it. But, yeah, I think with Albion, you know, still a big draw in the league. And I think hopefully, yeah. you know, that that this little blip and, you know, massively frustrating and, you know, disappointing blip because, you know, those two players, you know, they're quality. Alzate particularly for me, I mean, he's yeah. a fantastic footballer. You know, possible, you know, possible Premier League quality on the ball. I think he could have really helped alongside your Kuzlu, maybe. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just frustrating. Really, they would have both given the team a whole new dimension. Yeah, I mean, you know, coming off the bench later on in that game against uh, Burnley, I know it's probably it would have been too soon. But you know, can you imagine looking to the bench and seeing those two players there, and you know, Onomar especially, you know, going into those attacking areas, and you know, we've seen he's capable of a few long shots from his time at Fulham, and you know, even Villa, I think. Um, yeah, I just, yeah, frustrating, I think, is the word for it. But, you know, these things happen in football and you kind of just have to get on with it and cope with what you've got. I mean, you know, they'd be amazing options, but just not to be, I suppose. Just quickly on that, I think Fulham and Brighton may be sceptical for the next little period moving forward. But what what I found interesting about the end of the, the window, we'd reported, we, we knew and we'd reported that Albion was still looking in midfield. Hannibal was was a name, wasn't he, that they were quite quite strongly in for, I'm led to believe. Obviously, ended up at Blues, didn't he, I believe? Yeah, ended up at Blues. And However, despite knowing about the midfield push, I think we all thought that they were in quite strongly for, for this other forward, didn't we? Because that's what Bruce had spent three or four weeks since DK's injury talking about. Now we know... Thomas Asante happened the day before, but we all looked at that and thought, okay, Thomas Asante and another probably, because, you know, with respect to the lad, he's coming up through the levels. That's a big ask for him, yeah. for it to be him and Grant for a little while. So we all expected another forward on, on deadline. But then obviously, as far as we were, you know, we understand now and we were led to believe after the window shut, actually the, the deadline striker chase was decided not to be a, a priority you know they were content with Thomas Santo which you know, bore fruit 24 hours later and and actually the priority was with the midfield so for those to be, you know, for, for that position to be the priority for those two players to be the priority to the manager must have made it extra frustrating and we had a press conference on the morning of the deadline day and as I wrote you could sense that the manager was quite comfortable about the whole thing quite at ease quite confident really that things would come off however late He'd obviously had a, you know, probably had a quiet word from Fulham, maybe Brighton, that these things are happening, you know, you'll be okay. And, yeah, all the more frustrating, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Just moving on, we'll talk about free agents. As we know, you know, not really much reason to chat about this one, but Eric Peters has been training with West Brom, potential deal. Um, Albion, we know earlier in the window, Steve Bruce wanted to cover it um, at full-back, so that makes a, a little bit of sense but we're going to play a little bit of a game right now it's called to free or not to free agent and i'm going to fire some free agents at you we know albion want midfielders we know they want strikers so i'm going to fire lewis you've literally just got to say yes or no it's not strenuous from your part so i'm yes. going to fire some names at you on a free agent list however out there they might be okay and you've got to give me a say yeah if you so you got to imagine just imagine you were Steve. Is, is it is it my point of view or from Bruce's perspective? Sorry. No, nah, that's your point of view. Okay. You can, you can sign sign who you want. 
Just, just, just a warning. If you've not put Ben Arthur in this list, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> I can't tell you that at the moment. I'm afraid it's my game. It's my rules. So you'll have okay. to wait to see. But yes or no, no, okay. more, no more than yes or no. Right, okay. let's play two free or not two free. Agent. I haven't got a jingle for it. I, I was just about to say, have you made a jingle? No, I prepared it about 20 minutes ago. Right. <laughs> so I'm going to go through the free agents. I'm going to go through the ones that people know because there's some names on here like I ain't got a clue there. Three from football manager names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Right, Juan Mata. Yes. Adel Tarapt. Uh, uh, no, probably. Fabian Delph. Yes. Tom Carroll. Yes, but I'd have to, I'd have to check his age. 30. Yes. Leandro Bakuna. Yes. Tom Rogic. Where's he played before? What position? Celtic. Centre midfielder. Age? 29. Well, I, I don't know too much about him, but yes, given that very uh, brief profile. Atem Ben Arfa. Yes. Danny Drinkwater. I'm quite easy here, aren't I? I'll have them all. Um, no, Drinkwater, no. Right, we're going to leave it there for midfielders. So how many did you say that? Oh, hold on. Who's this Quite a few. I only said a couple of no's, I think. Oh, here's a good one for you. Moussa Dembele. Ex-Spurs. Yeah. Well, oh, absolutely. What yeah. a player. Yeah. Absolutely. I'd probably still take him if he was 50. 35, so I might have to get... Let's just rename us from Old Man FC or something. So you bring in... You wouldn't bring in... So you bring in Mata, Delph, Carroll... I don't know, what did you say? Bakuna? Yeah. Four, um, five, six. You've, so you bought in six midfielders there. I mean, uh, yeah. squads getting infl- squads getting inflated here. In my defence here, Johnny, I, I'm I'm not saying, you know, <laughs> I'd bring in all six of these, obviously. Um, Options, but right. yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, matter, you know, come on, you know, is that ever going to be a happen? Could that ever happen in this current world? I would be, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, I think right. I said no to Tarap, didn't I? Who uh, absolutely one of my favourite yeah. players over the over the years. But is he what Albion need at the moment? Mm, probably not in terms of position, in terms of things you 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 know you may have heard about him. Ben Arthur, I absolutely love him. I think I probably said yes to him. But do Albion need his position? Probably not. But it's it's interesting. There are you know there are some. Is Tom Carroll the midfielder that was playing at Ipswich last year? Not sure. Is it Swansea, Tottenham? Have a look. Um, yeah, it's Tottenham. But right, I've got strikers for you now. And now, same principle. Yes or no? Uh, this could be a bit of a longer list because there's quite a few on here. I was going to ask you the, first, the top one on the list, Diego Costa, but he's heading to the other side of the black country, allegedly. Mm. Uh, so, uh, right, let's go. Matei Vidra. <laughs> drop, a, drop an Albion link in there for me. Um, Yes, just. This is a winger, but Aaron Lennon. No. Right, no. who else? Uh, Omar Nias. I think I'm right in saying he was at Burton Albion last season. Was at Burton Albion last season. Oh, uh, no. Andy Carroll. Ah. <laughs> um, uh, I would be yes. Yeah, I would be yes. I would be yes, but never going to happen. 
Um, Scott Sinclair. Yes, how old? 33, ex-Albion as well. Yeah. He's littered, yeah. He's littered with ex-Albion. Daniel Sturridge. Oh. Uh, as much as it pains me to say no, no. This list is genuinely littered with ex-Albion. They've got Callum McManaman here, but I'm not going to ask you about him. Giovanni De Santos. Giovanni De Santos? Yeah, ex-Tottenham. Yeah, uh, I don't think he's a centre forward, is he? Is he more of a 10? Well, yeah, a little bit of both. Um, um, leaning towards no. No, right, let's find some more. God, this list is huge. You can just make a team out of free agents, really. I had a quick um, Google of Scott Sinclair then because I was struggling to picture him in Albion colours. Yeah. Eight games on loan in 13 14. Yeah. probably why yeah. I was struggling to picture him in Albion. Probably, course. yeah. Right, I'm going to pick one more strike rate for you, but I've just got to know who they are because he's just... He didn't score, for the record. Marme Biramju. Still going. Fair play to him. He was at Stoke for ages, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. It's been a bite. I remember a bit. No, he didn't score an 11 for Albion, Sinclair. Uh, right, I'm going to ask you one more. One more. Wilfred Bonney. Oh, how old? 33. I will go, yes, please, on a one-year deal. Yeah, I'd say that. I'd say that. And off for Wilfred Bonney. Yeah. Oh, no, I'll ask you one more. Hold on, <laughs> I found one more. Edda, the Portuguese striker, scored the oh, winner yeah, in the Euros the final. Yeah, 34. Oh, yeah. I suppose yes. I mean, you you wouldn't you want him to come for the right reasons, don't you? But I suppose you know, in a position where you really have to maybe not be so picky and choosy. So maybe a yes, but might be a bit expensive. It's gonna be like an old man's old people's home, isn't it? When you take the Alvin <laughs> job. Oh, uh, this is the free agent market, isn't it? You know. Yeah. But there we go. Time for an advert now. As always, uh, this podcast is brought to you in association with the Kettle and Toaster Man, your number one store in the West Midlands for kitchen appliances. The Kettle and Toaster Man has it all from toasters to kettles to appliances to air fryers and even some hair products. Um, so if you are after some of the products, go over to kettleandtoasterman.co.uk or head to the store on Thorns Road in Briley Hill to pick yourself up a bargain. Right. Questions now. We've had quite a few questions today. Um, We've had a couple of, I don't, I'm not going to call them distasteful questions, but questions that we've seen over the last couple of week or so, certainly the transfer deadline and people quite, oh, what's the point of the local media now? You don't report the story first, et cetera, et cetera, and all this. And don't get me wrong, everyone's got entitlement to their opinions, but a few people, we've had a few questions in and people saying, oh, these in-the-know accounts get all the info before the journalist, et cetera. Um, we just wanted to address a couple of points on it, really, because we had a, a we have had a bit of flack, which journalists have and is part of the territory. But people say this all the time: these ITKs get the accounts, and these ITK guys, great, you're going to get some right, you're going to get some wrong. You know, we saw early in the year the OK Yakushlu stuff, how an ITK got it right, and we said at the time, you know, fair play to the lad, he got a story that Yakushlu's come back to Albion. We know it. In our press pack, we know how we got the story, which if we tried to get the story that way, we'd probably lose our job. 
So that's why the local press probably didn't get the story because they didn't use that method of getting the story. But fair play to the lad. I think since then he hasn't got a single rumour right. Um, so people do get get them right and wrong. And these ITKs, they're fans and crack on. But with journalists, we can't go on Twitter and say every single rumour is going to happen. We can't do that because it affects our job. It'll affect our credibility as well. Um, and we just can't do it. And someone said, is the, you know, with it, such a saturated market, I think someone said, with everything that's going on, is um, are the local press redundant? No, we're not redundant because the people who ask them questions will be listening to his podcast. The people who ask these questions will be reading Lewis's articles and reading other stuff and saying other people get stuff first. Lewis broke the Josh Oliver story last week as well. But journalists aren't going to break every single story, but we still serve a, a big purpose. And I know a lot of people listening to this understand that, but I think it needed saying that, you know, we, the, the local press still does a really good job in a tough industry. You know, could someone could we do a better job? Probably, but everyone could do a better better in their jobs. But we do an awful, you know, an awfully difficult job. Lewis worked sixteen hours last week, last Thursday. All right, it was deadline day, but and he broke these stories and he brought you all the information across the day, and so did all the other locals. We have got Joe Chapman, we have got Elias Burke as well. You know, people who work across the locals, even the lo- the people locally who work for the Nationals, do a great job as well. And, I think, yeah, it's a difficult job and we're going to get stick, but there's still a purpose for, for local journalism. And yeah, we're not going to get every story first every time, but I think for the majority of people, we still do a really good job. So I'm not going to call that a rant, more of a, a monologue, really, but yeah, it was just good. To, uh, yeah. to answer those questions. Cause, you said yeah. it well, I think. You know, you know without I just two pence worth it, you know, without the locals that, that follow, you know, that, that follow it and that do every press conference, every post match, you know, all of this. They, you know, I'd like to think we ask, you know, the manager between the locals who do it, you know, what what needs asking, you know, even if it's, you know, I'm not saying every time gets stuck in because it's not, it doesn't happen like that clearly, but you know, even the basic things, you know, injuries, fitness, things fans want to know, transfers. So, yeah, of course, there's a, there's a place, isn't there? You know, there, yeah. there will always be a place, obviously. Absolutely. Right. That's that. Either way, we've got loads more questions to uh, to ask. And we're going to start with this one, which is a belting question. I went back to work yesterday after six weeks off, and he's put in brackets, as a teacher. If you could send one Albion player back to football school, who would you send? And what, <laughs> would their, what, would, what would be their targets? I'll, I'll, I'll pass that one on to you, Lewis. That's a class question. Um, so that's a really imaginative and polite way for me to think of a player's and his deficiency and, and how he can improve. Um, oh, I, the, you could probably send each player and think of a different reason yeah. for each player, couldn't you, I think. But this one came to my head sort of first, so I'll go with it. I think Grant could be a decent shout because of, look at his numbers. His numbers are excellent since he's been at Albin and previous clubs. Yet, you know, so many think weaknesses of his in his game. Sometimes we see them in the match where he's not involved enough or he maybe doesn't do enough in open play or doesn't hold off the defenders or, or perhaps a, a first touch. I'm not trying to pick on Grant here. Several players, if not all of them, have weaknesses in their game, obviously, but you just wonder if 
little parts of Grant's game were sharpened up, you know, where he could be, what his ceiling could be. Because we've had this debate, haven't we, a few times, Johnny? Some might call him a natural goal scorer, some might not. Because, you know, again, I've had this, this debate, he only seems to score one in four, but yeah, he gets he gets those chances. No, to me, not natural goal scorers don't get those chances per game type thing. And he is at least there to score one or two. Um, but if we could polish off all the aspects of his game, you know, in school that needed it, you'd be talking about a you'd be talking about a top English striker, I guess. Um, that'd be looking in, in, in the top division. So yeah, I'll go with that, I think. Should we put it to Louis? Yeah, go on, Louis, who do you think? My first thought was Zahor. <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, just because I think I still think I mean I still think there's a little bit of a player in there, but without the right maybe head on those shoulders, it just doesn't quite. I've always thought for the goals he scored the goals. Yeah, previously, so you. There you is know, you got it. There's, you got, there's yeah. a little smidget of something in there, and just nobody can seem to get it out of him. I mean. Yeah, I mean, it's a lost cause now, and you know, we we will know that he's probably not going to get a slip. But I think I'd take him back to football school. I kind of agree on the grand point as well. For me, he's he's in the middle of a natural goal scorer and not natural goal scorer. Yeah. I mean, some of the chances he took away, I think, yeah, that's a great finish. He puts away harder chances. Yeah, than, I mean, the Watford the game is a prime example. You know, uh, uh, you know, scoring the goal that that he did. You know, in between two defenders, ball bouncing and yeah. managing to stroke it into the the upper upper part of the net, but. You know, some of the chances that he misses as well. I mean, yeah, without him, I think, you know, last season Albion would, of course, have been lost. But I think there's still a part of me that thinks, you you know, he can do a little bit more. He can he can score a little bit more. You know, he could be in a, you know, those areas a little bit, you know, a little bit more often. And, yeah, I think it's a bit frustrating for me with, with Grant. But then again, you just can't underestimate the, the, the impact and the goals that he does bring. Because, you know, right now, uh, upon, you know, the, the you know, the, uh, efforts that we've seen so far, he's the one that will score the goals for Albion whilst Daryl DK's out, and you know you hope that Thomas Asante can come in. But yeah, loitering away from the question. But yeah, I think I think Zahor was my first pick to hopefully <laughs> inject some footballing hunger. I think into him would be what I'd like to see because yeah, there was there was a player in there when when we saw him at Cardiff. DK can go back to medical school to fix his uh oh, yeah. his aching leg muscles. <laughs> Yeah, just this is a quick one, Richard Downing. Um, have you any interview requests gone into Ron Gourlay to come out and explain to supporters what happened on deadline day? Lewis has just explained, as explained, sorry, as you've been listening to earlier in the podcast, that they will be sitting down with Ron Gourlay. Um, Spencer George, any comment from the club on why they've been removing banners, etc., that protest against the ownership? We've seen all the videos of stewards taking away the banner from the Burnley game. I saw this on social media and I was a bit stunned by it almost. Um, I didn't hear anything that was said between the stewards and the fans, but some fans claiming that banners against the owners shit is not allowed. Did you see? Did you see? I saw. Um, I was. I was looking at this over over the weekend. Um, I know Chris Lepkowski. Uh, forgive me the pronunciation, Chris. Um, reply certainly put put one reply in suggesting that the safety fire hazard of it all, which I have to say I hadn't considered myself. Yeah, potentially, I, I, but you see banners at other games, don't you? No, of course, yeah. I, I, I was thinking on them, so I realise that's all. You could say petty, couldn't you? And um, and law abiding to the nth degree, and and things like that. And you wonder, you know, you wonder, and and 
I, I, I did, you know, my heart sank for those fans when I saw that. I thought, I thought it was a pretty bad look, to say the least. They should, within reason, within what's said, you know, as long as anything isn't, you know, inappropriate or offensive on these banners, which, which it wasn't, clearly. Yeah. Have their right to display them. You know, I think the fans said, didn't they, they weren't blocking anyone because was it after the game, I think? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, pretty pretty sad to see, really. Pretty pretty sad to see the fans, you know, pay their good money, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. Possibly with, possibly with visibility as well, maybe if they were holding it, blocking other people, but, you know. Yeah, mid-game, yeah, I think, but, possibly, you know, but before or after a game, surely. Yeah, I think they should be allowed to, if that, you know, that's the way that a lot of Albion fans clearly feel at the moment. I think, you know, I think there's no, well, apart from, you know, maybe the fire safety, which I haven't thought of as admittedly until I saw that comment like you, Lewis, but, you know, I think it's just a shame, really, that, um, you know, they feel the need to, to take those away because, you know, it's how, I mean, 90% of Albion fans are feeling at the moment. You know, let's, you know, it's, it's you know, you want to see people making a stand for, for what they currently believe. Well, in. the cha- the chants at the start of the game in particular were quite yeah. prominent and vocal, weren't yeah. they? And for that to be on a TV game worldwide, that was good to hear. Um, you know, fans really making themselves heard in yeah. that regard. So, so that was good. Hopefully... Well, if fans want that to continue, then hopefully they do that. And we'll see. We'll see yeah. if it gets more prominent and, you know, builds up more traction. Because I, I know that's what a large percentage of the, of the fans want, obviously. Yeah. A couple, um, couple of questions on the, what happened with Deadline Day, which you said it's an investigation and we'll be asking questions about that investigation. Um, just going to read out this question because this bloke's an absolute legend. John Adams, MND Warrior. Now, I don't know if Alvin fans have seen this guy on on social media, but he's absolutely brilliant. Tweet basically tweeting Steve Bruce all the time, asking him when he's going to get picked. Um, and he's just said, "How much does Lie want to sell the club?" I've been saving my pension, and I was wondering if I had enough of my piggy bank yet. Now, John, keep saving, pal. I think it might cost you a little bit, but keep saving. I'd rather you, as our owner, to be honest. I think you'd be uh, you'd, a, you'd give us a good war chest for the, the transfer yeah. deadline. Um, Luke Stanley's asked a question, um, a good question as well. Luke Stanley, one of our guests on the pod. Um, what are your thoughts on the lack of statement regarding deadline day shambles? Um, Gawley was quick enough to invite all the local press for a copy to get them on side. Now it's got a bit too hot for him. Silence. Um, now, the second part of that, I don't know if I agree with that, but the first part is something I said in the press room at, at Burnley on Friday. I said, even if it was a shambles on Alvin's end, which we are led to believe, given Bruce's comments saying we need to make mistakes, uh, we need to learn from our mistakes. I think a statement on Friday morning explaining the situation, not having to throw anyone under the bus, um, but just a situation explaining this is what happened, this is why it didn't happen. Personally, I think that would have appeased the majority of supporters. You'll always get ones moaning going, oh, deadline day business crap and all this. But well, for, yeah, me, I think for me, I and I always think this, I always think honesty and transparency from our side of the fence is always better. Um, because of the fans are piecing together, aren't they? They've got yeah, the, and people will reports and, of what happened from the press, and then they've got Bruce's comments. And we've seen the conspiracy theories over the last week saying that Lie had vetoed the transfers because he wanted to take more money off the club, <laughs> which uh, I, you know, categorically can say, you know, they're not correct at all. But um, yeah, I just think a statement would have sort of dampened down the flames a little bit. The fire that was pretty raging on Friday morning. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, question 
Alistair Jones, friend of the pod, Ali, uh, with semi Ajay being injured, Kelly not ready, and Bartley, well, being Bartley, it is, is it worth dropping OK or Jay Liverpool centre half? Maybe even Furlong, who is quick and athletic and can use his pace as we play such a high line. Tactical question there from Ali. What do you think, Lewis? We touched on Akai playing at centre half at the start of yeah. the part, didn't we? And I, I'm not against that. I think he could do a good job like he did the other night. But do you want to lose him from midfield? Yeah. Not not really. Look, Swift could do a good job in there, I think. Um, especially when Albion are looking to create, looking to get back into a game, looking to force it. But those tight, competitive, much of a muchness championship games where it's midfield on midfield battle, Malumbi and Swift. Oh, Swift puts the hard yards in, of course, and he will tackle and he will do the lot. But A, you want him further forward. And B, is it fair on John Swift and number 10 and attacking midfielder to be in a midfield two when there might be three opposition centre mids running all over him? Probably not. So Livermore is an interesting shout, isn't it? Uh, again, someone said Jake Livermore in a back two to me. A little bit concerned uh, uh, at parts of that. I think he could do it. I think he could do a job if, if he had to. But again, if it was Jake Livermore five years ago, athletic, you know, being able to run over most opposition players, you would give it more of a shot, wouldn't you? But maybe a bit trickier now. If it was a back three, probably a slightly different story, you would say. Furlong there? I, mean, I, I don't know. Asking you two guys, has, has Furlong played? He, he's a, so. he, no, I don't think In so. a back three for Albion, has he? I, wouldn't, I couldn't see him in a back two. Um, Mm, not sure, not sure. I, I get it. You know, you could get Gardner Hickman in at right back, couldn't you? I thought he thought he's done fine, but I'm I'm not sure is the answer. I think there's a time and place in games, later in games. Perhaps we'll see it. You know, if Albina chasing it and so on. But from the start, I'm I'm not entirely convinced. I think we're going to be seeing quite a bit of Bartley in the games, weeks and months to come. Yeah, I think Livermore might be might be a bit of a shout there. I mean, you know, he did play in the back three and looked comfortable there. I mean, I've seen some shouts for Adam Reach who slotted in in the back three that yeah, one he did. Um, during the yeah. defenders' COVID crisis over yeah. I think last December. But Livermore's reading of the game is and will be excellent. Yeah, and that will really help him in that role, wouldn't it? It's just the pace you worry. You know, as you said, the the high line when we're dominating the game. You know, if they've got a quick attacker. Mm do kind of worry and then you know I think you know with just without a joy at the back I think you lose a lot of pace whoever you whoever you're going to stick yeah. in there because that's not you know Dara Bartley Townsend Furlong it's not the quickest of a back line I mean Furlong's got a bit of pace I think about him and, and Okai and Livermore aren't the quickest either. yeah yeah well you could lose not not quick by any means I mean did play there for uh Yatape last season when he was on loan I think he did actually impress quite a lot for, for them but you don't want to lose him out of your midfield, but I think Livermore, whilst he's not playing in midfield, I think maybe you could maybe have a look at that and see see how it goes. I think maybe you know the mobility in midfield maybe is something he's struggling with a little bit now as he you know he's not in his prime by any means as he's getting a little bit older. Maybe moving him back to centre back could be a little move that could 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 work in Albion's favour. I mean he he played there a lot for Hull City when when under under Bruce I think as well. I mean, I remember when we signed him, I think, you know, yeah. the, the purpose was that he could fill in at either midfield or centre-back uh, at the time. So, 
Yeah, we'll see. I mean, he could be an option there. And I think Bruce will de- that will definitely have crossed Bruce's mind, maybe more so after Bartley's little uh, little tantrum on the sidelines. So, yeah, I mean, it's something that may be worth looking into. But, yeah, I think you don't want to use lose Yukuslu out that midfield unless you're really chasing the game like you were last time. No, we've not mentioned Martin Kelly's name either, have no, we? Yeah. I appreciate he's got a lot of... I imagine he's got a lot of building up to do fitness-wise. But... I don't think it'll be too long at all until we start seeing him in a match day squad. Certainly, you know, needs must. Yeah. Um, and while he's predominantly a right back, I, I can certainly remember him playing centre half so centre half over the years, certainly for Palace. So he he will be an option, you know, a defensive option. I, I get the thing with Livermore, and I agree, but he's yeah primarily predominantly a midfielder. However, I do think it could work, but. I imagine Martin Kelly, Martin yeah. Kelly will be an option before Jake, I would have thought. There are rave reviews from Palace fans as well. I mean, I've seen quite a few comments saying that, you know, he's not going to really start pigging balls 50 yards and get like, you know, the, you know, like Burnley did to get him behind uh, last week. But yeah, I think just a solid professional at the back is, is what he's going to bring. And yeah, organisation and stuff, he'll be top for that. Maybe, you know, Irish partnership possibly with Dara once once he gets up to speed as well. That might might help out, I think. Yeah, it's just a big, uh, yeah, a big play to have. Maybe I think you know, Palace fans. We you know I saw a lot of album fans asking them about him, and I saw the comments. Yeah. And yeah, a real professional, I think, at the back. And although he's got a little bit of work to do, as you said, Lewis, I think he, he'll he'll be definitely uh, in with that centre back reckoning. You know, before, not 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 too long away now. And actually, actually, interestingly, and I'm not for a second saying he's definitely joining the club, but Eric Peters can play there. Yeah. Um, which I imagine has gone through the manager's mind. The fact that yeah. Peters being a left back can play centre half. So perhaps there's something there. Yeah, absolutely. Fergus fans, thanks for your questions. We have got quite a few more really good ones, but we're knocking on for time. So um get back in touch next week and we'll we'll chat through them. Right, latest quiz time now. I joined TJ Smithy last week. He came up with another quiz. Can't quite until unless listening back to the clever, can't quite remember what it was called. But all I know is the questions were had and I was awful on it. So here is how I got on. I got four out of five last week. We're back. This week for another bash at it. Uh, Tom, how's it going? I, I'm guessing you've got another few uh, testing teasers for me this time round. Yeah, so we've got uh, another one uh, in the bag ready for you. Another five questions. But it's not going to be the baggage journey this week. It's going to be another one where you've got 30 seconds to name as many of a certain question. Sounds, sounds interesting. Sounds mysterious. Give us a bit yeah, more. I'm not sure. I'm not sure the name we should give it at the minute, but uh, if anyone has any ideas, that'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure it's going to be uh, going to be testing again. So, so I've got 30 seconds to name as many of whatever you're going to ask me. So that could be anything, yeah. really. So, but we've got to agree on a limit. So if you can name eight of a certain question, then you've got to try and go for that. But your first question that will be yeah. is how many West Brom managers do you reckon you can name in 30 seconds? In 30 seconds? Yeah. We've had a lot of managers, so a lot. <laughs> um, is this including caretakers? This or is just... including head coaches, yeah. caretakers. Right. I reckon I can name 15. 15? Yeah. You're not writing any down, are you? 
<laughs> no, I've just written 30 seconds down. <laughs> right, right, yeah, 15. You reckon you can do it? Yeah. So I've got 30 right. seconds. Your time starts now. Steve Bruce, Valerian Ishmael, Steve Clark, Slavin Bilic, Alan Pardew, Sam Allardyce, Alan Irvine, Gary Megson, Brian Robson, Tony Mowbray, Roberto Di Matteo, Keith Downing, Nigel Pearson, uh, Frank Burrows, Brian Little, and Ray Hartford. Yeah! How many was that? that, was, that I'd smash that. It's seven seconds to go. Oh, well, good start, because I want, the, I want the, the clean sweep this week. I didn't get it last week. <laughs> I want the clean sweep. That one seemed a bit easy for you. Let's wonder. Should have gone for 20. Should have gone bigger. Yeah, you could have. <laughs> right. right, one in the bag. How many of the 2022-23 West Brom squad can you name? In not very big. Seconds. It's not very big, is it? Um, 2022-23 squad. I'll go for 20. Oh, I should be able to name them all, really. It's probably in about 20, isn't it? Yeah, go on. I'll go for 20. Is this including 20. players out on loan as well? Not including players out on loan. Right, OK. Yeah, we'll go for 20. Go for 20. You're going big. Yeah. OK. Your time starts now. David Button, Alex Palmer, Ted Can, Taylor Gardner-Eckman, Darnell Furlong, Shemi Ajay, Dar O'Shea, Kyle Bartley, Connor Townsend, Zach Ashworth, Jake Livermore, OK Akustu, Jason Malumbi, John Swift, Jed Wallace, Grady Dean Garner, Matt Phillips, Callum Robinson, Carlin Grant, Daryl DK, Kenneth Zahor. Oh, he's done it. Yes. With three seconds to go. I should have gone bigger. There's not many more players than that, I don't think. No, I think so you were I'm going... happy with that. I'm happy with that. Going quite... Quite well so far. Two out of two. Come on. Feeling confident here. I was confident last week, though, and I got too <laughs> cocky before the end. Right. This is one where you're either going to do really well or really bad. Can you name every team in the championship? Probably not. In 30 seconds. Probably not, but I'll have a good bash. Um, let me have a think. Yeah, we'll have a go. What is there? 24. 24. 24. Right, we'll have a go. I right. have to name West Brom first because if I don't name them, I'm going to get absolute help. <laughs> you get all the way to the end. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, what team are <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Right, let's have okay. a go. I'm just, just going to be random. This is your time starts now. West Brom, Burnley, Middlesbrough. Watford, Blackburn, Cardiff, Hull, Huddersfield, Wigan, Norwich, Millwall, Stoke. Thank you already. Sheffield United. God, this is awful. Why have I gone so blank? Blackpool, Swansea. And time's up. Oh my god, that's terrible, isn't it? That's awful. What was that? That was like ten. I think you got fifteen or sixteen. Fifteen. Oh, that's not too bad. Oh, that's not awful. Too bad. 
I was trying to think of Albion's fixtures in order, but I can only remember <laughs> up to about October. Oh, don't worry. I'll take don't that. Worry. Two out of three. Yeah, that's tough, that is. That's, that's, that's hard. So, at the moment, yeah, two out of three. Two out of three. I'm happy with that. Question four, we're going even harder now. Oh, God. Not sure how you'll do with this. How many West Brom players that have a cap for England can you name in 30 seconds? There ain't many of them. Um... West Brom that have played, obviously not at the moment. Um, do they have to get, have got a cap while they were playing for West Brom? Or yeah. Just, oh, right, OK. Um, mm. Or not? I'm not sure, because some of the ones I've got on here might not have had a cap whilst they were playing for West Brom. So I, we'll say, I, I'm going to have to go low on this, because I can't think about yeah, it. Don't, go don't like, worry. I thought, I thought you might have to. I'll go five. Five. You reckon you can do six? Six, go on then, six. Yeah, go on, six. Right. I don't know who, we're gonna, who I'm going to name. <laughs> Your time starts now. Ricky Lambert, Andy Carroll, Sam Johnston, Ben Foster, Sam... Oh, I said Sam Johnston. Yeah, I said Sam Johnston. Yeah, Sam Johnston. Ben Foster. Ben Foster. Jake Livermore. Jeff Astle. Jeff Astle, that's five. Is that five? No, that's six, isn't it? No. Foster, Johnston, Andy Carroll, Ricky Lambert, Livermore, Jeff Astle. There you are. Right. Six. Yeah. I can't imagine there's many more than that, to be honest. So you could have had Steve Hunt. Yeah. Still uh, Regis, Brian Robson, Peter Gore Barnes, Robson, yeah. Laurie Cunningham. Oh, there was Bomber. Yeah. Bomber. Yeah. Bobby Robson. Yeah, there was a few. I should have gone. Yeah, you're going, you're going back in time now. I'll take that, though. I was yeah. stretching for six, to be fair. So, <laughs> not bad. Back on it there. Final. What's this? Final question? Final question. question. Right. right. I've got all the players that I have personally gone on to search for. How many ex-West Brom players... Currently playing in the championship, can you name me 30 seconds? God. Um, not many. Now I expect you to least name eight. These are including eight. loan players. Right, go, yeah, go on then. We'll go for eight. Just give me a second. Yeah, we'll go for it. I'll go for eight. I'm trying to think of more. Yeah, go for it. So it includes players that played on loan at West Brom? Yeah. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. Time starts now. Chris Willock, Sam Field, Remain Sawyers, James McLean. Um, is he still playing? I think. Oh, that's four, isn't it? That's awful. Who have we got rid of? Big strikers. Strikers. Strikers? No, I'm going blank here. That's it. Yeah. Four, that's awful. Four. So you could have had Dwight Gale. Oh, of course I could have had Dwight Gale. (laughs) It's gone on for years. The whole song has gone on for years and you've gone blank. 
I'm going to hand in my resignation tomorrow. <laughs> oh, that's awful. Dwight Gale, Jay Rodriguez. Oh, no. Oh, this is terrible. Lee Peltier. Yeah, Shane Long. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Shane Long. Tyler Roberts. Yeah, where's Tyler? Oh, yeah, he's at, Q- he's at QPR. Uh, no, he's gone somewhere real random on loan. Could be QPR. I think it is QPR. Yeah. He's oh, gone too. No. Kipre. Oh, no yeah. Way. Izzy oh. Brown. Oh, my God, this is awful. Luke Daniels. Luke Daniels. Where's Luke? The Middlesbrough. That's Middlesbrough. Yeah. You got Clark. Who was Clark just... oh, yeah. This is shocking. And you got Jordan Hugel. Oh, yeah, I remember him. Snodgrass. Snodgrass, yeah. Oh, my God. Yes, Four. That's pathetic. What's that? Three out of five. That's Three that's... out of five this week. You're shocking. going downhill. That, that's shocking. That's shocking. It's another weird beginning of S, which I won't say, because it's a family podcast. <laughs> oh, Dwight Gale, that's going to... I'm going to sleep tonight after that. <laughs> that's terrible. But no, good game. The reaction uh, of that was absolutely priceless. Oh, if I had if I had Lewis alongside me... Lewis was maybe doing this today, by the way, but he was stuck in traffic. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we got to get him in. He'll definitely be on next week. Yeah, that was, uh, that was good. I'm liking these games. Keep the creativity coming. Um, and Baggies fans as well, we're going to try and get a few of you on to go head-to-head um, when we've got sort of set up in a few weeks. So give us a shout. But, Tom, cheers for that. We'll speak again next no week. Yeah, as you can hear, shocking effort, really. The question on, can you, how many, basically, how many Albion players in the Championship could I name in however long? I was awful at that. I miss, <laughs> I miss Rodriguez. I miss Gale. I, 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 it took me two days to get over that. And then how many championship? I can't. I'm terrible at these. How many championship teams can you name? In like current or previous championship teams, mate. Uh-huh. Awful, absolutely awful. But I'm going to come back stronger. Um, I don't think we've got one next week, but we'll have one the week after. So work we'll to do, mate. It must be work better. to do. Work to do. Right, little bit of a section on Coventry before we finish. Coventry got to be three points. Got to be a big win, really, isn't it, Lewis? They're bottom. They they haven't been very good. Yeah. Despite yeah, the yeah. season last season, um, would you say that Albion have got to be going for? Going for yeah. a decent win, you know. I yeah, one, they, we'll, we'll all take one nil because it's three. They are, yeah, 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 yeah. They are games behind, aren't they? Because of their uh, their interesting ground situation. Yeah. So they've played three less, three games yeah. fewer than Albion, but still to win, which is which is interesting. I know they lost some players, didn't they, over the summer? Interesting times there, you'd have to say. And Albion, no, Albion just have to go there and win, don't they? What what Albion certainly need to do is go there and not concede first. Yeah. Because I think we're all. None more so than Steve Bruce getting sick to the back teeth of that, giving themselves far too much to do. Just just need to, to go and win, don't they? Win win away. Win with a clean sheet would be lovely. Not being anywhere near enough of those. Give the travelling fans something to, to shout about. The, the superb travelling fans, by the way, numbers excellent. Big game, really, isn't it, that? And then you, you look at Blues after it, a big, big few days. Fingers crossed, eh? Um, let's hope we're travelling back. You know, short trip on the back of something good, and yeah, we'll take a three or four, won't we? But we'll very much take a take a one nil. I think hopefully we didn't use up all of the goals against Hull, and one nil off someone's backside will do fine. You but let's hope, it's, yeah. let's hope it's something. Just decent. on selection issues, these are probably two that stick out for me. Does TGH stay in, and does Bartley start again? I I can see Bartley continuing. Obviously, I think needs must there. I'm not. <laughs> 
not quite sure Kelly goes goes straight in. So I can see Bartley there. Regards right back. Interesting one. I thought um, I thought Gardner Hickman did fine. I thought Gardner Hickman did did well. To be honest, I I think that was a general consensus from supporters, wasn't it? Furlong. Mm, if I was a betting man, which I'm definitely not, so don't take any tips. I, I could see Furlong going straight back in. Do I think that would be hard on Gardner Hickman? Possibly. Yeah, but it would be interesting to see on that one, actually, won't it? But regards midfield two, the, the three behind Grants. I mean, do, I don't know. What, what do you think, Johnny and, and Louis? Would you chuck Thomas Asante straight into the starting lineup? I, I personally can't see it, but but would you if you were Bruce? I don't probably know. would, but I don't think you will. Oh, I probably would. Would you? But yeah. The impact off the bench he had last time. I yeah. I'll be in the back of Bruce's mind kind of thinking. Yeah. You know, I hope that, you know, I can't remember. It was Dean Garner, you know, when uh, last season he was kind of a bit of, you know, we tried to make him a bit of an impact player mm. off the bench and he kind of struggled to get a start under Ishmael. But I think with uh, with Thomas Asante, I think, yeah, it's a similar situation. You kind of want him to be a bit of a pocket rocket off the bench. Yeah, the moment. yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, he had, 20 minutes. he had 20 minutes the other night, didn't he? So if Albin weren't playing well by any means at Cov, you know, bring him on after 55, after 60, give him longer. Uh, I think he's warranted that. Yeah, I, I think he deserves to start, but I'm just wondering if I can see it. I'm not sure. No, absolutely. Just finally, we'll probably ended on a bit of a negative note here. Yeah, I, I read yesterday that Albion already sold out half their allocation for the game at Coventry. £33 a ticket for the game at Coventry. Now, whether we're funding that new picture there is, I don't know. Um, but that is scandalous. Surely there has to be scope for a cap like the Premier League. I know the Premier League cap is 30. For away tickets, maybe it should be 20. Or 22 or something okay. like that for championship. It is plenty, isn't it, John? Yeah. In my opinion. Um, I just feel sorry. Heart goes out to those fans. It's pretty scandalous pricing, isn't it? Especially at the moment as well. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly that. Yeah, I mean, it's scandalous pricing at, at, at any time, you know, in any year. But particularly at the moment, I mean, it's no wonder it, it's half the allocation. And, and hats off to every single baggie that goes, even though it's only down the road, because that's... It's terrible, isn't it? You know, it's a bit of a reminder that we're so fortunate to be able to go there as work and, um, and obviously bring the latest and bring the news. But yeah, it's shocking to it. Really, really shocking. Yeah, not great. Right, Albion fans, that's your lot for this week. You've had two pods in four days. How lucky are you? Um, we'll be back with another one next week. Um, potentially back with a video later in the week. We'll see how things pan out. But thanks very much for listening. Uh, it's been a bit of a mad one. We've got no game this week, so you can settle down and listen to the pod feet up and look forward to Saturday. Thanks to Lewis. Thanks to Louis as our special guest. Have a safe trip down to Coventry Bags fans. We'll see you there. Until next time on the Bags broadcast, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>